Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance, our podcast series where we speak to leaders across the industry to talk about financial innovation and fintech. Today, we have a very special episode as part of our mini series focusing on women in fintech as well as wider diversity and inclusion. We will discuss the challenges faced by women in the industry as well as access to funding paid disparity, and attracting, retaining female talent. I'm Parveen Danda, Ecosystem Director at Innovate Finance, and I'm delighted to be joined by Georgina Rudkin and Laurel Wolf. Welcome to you uh, both. Uh, could you kindly introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your, your company? And also, how long have you been working in the financial services and fintech? Georgina, let's let's start with yourself. Sure. Yeah, so um, I'm Georgina Georgie. I'm a director um, at Engine MHP. Um, that is a um, large communications consultancy. I work in the financial services um, division where we specialize um, largely um, on um, kind of leaders and disruptors. So I guess um, that will be um, banks looking to um, improve their uh, tech capabilities, fintech capabilities, but also um, obviously working with some of those disruptors who are um, setting up businesses themselves to challenge um, challenge those leaders. Some of our uh, clients include um, the likes of Klarna, Wayfly, e-commerce fi uh, financing platform, um, many other many other clients um, in this space. So, and it's 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 really interesting looking at the challenges they're facing um, around um, convincing people to obviously use them, but um, but also I think this area of diversity and um, building businesses that are. Um, an improvement on kind of the status quo is is certainly something that we are um, working very closely with uh, with our clients on a regular basis. Brilliant, thank you. So, are you happy to be, to be referred to as Georgina, or would you prefer? Georgie? Um, probably Georgie. My, my, okay, I only get Georgina when I'm when I'm in trouble. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Georgie's fine. Fantastic, thank you, Georgie. Um, Laurel, over to you. Hi, everybody. I'm Laurel Wolf. I look after the marketing at Mambu. Mambu is a cloud banking platform. Uh, pe people use us to uh, build banks of all sorts, uh, lending options, fintechs use us. Some of our clients are N26, ABM Anro, Oak North, uh, Banco Estado, the list goes on and on. Uh, this is actually a... Um, a topic that's near and dear to our hearts because we do actually have, as one of our founders, a female. So that's wonderful. Uh, prior to Mambu, I was at Klarna for four years doing um, marketing and in new markets, expansion markets for them, and then spent quite a long time at another payments company called Verifone. So I've been in the industry probably 15 years, probably over wow. that. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I look very look forward to hearing hearing your, your views in terms of... Um, you know, what it's like to be in the fintech and financial services um, industry. So I'd like to touch on investment, right? So uh, last month, Innovate Finance, we published our annual investment report. And it was a phenomenal um, year for UK fintech. Um, 11.6 billion was invested in UK fintech companies. However, um, only 9% was invested into uh, female-run uh, businesses. So 
Laura, I'd like to start with with yourself. You know, as one of the the founders for Mambu, is is female. Do you still believe that there's a real challenge? You know, based on those those figures I shared with you about females um, getting investment, and I know that there have been some efforts being made by VCs, but how can the industry provide female founders with more access to funding and to investors? Do you have a viewpoint? Yeah, there's a, a couple of things. First of all, a lot of funding goes to um, people who have a track record. So who have done it before, maybe exited or sold a company and then they try again. And, they, you know, they, they have yeah. some. And that is extremely hard in, in this instance because women often don't have that track record. I mean, so, some of these um, VC organizations, you know, need, need to carve out, I think, s- special funds that are available just for women and other you know, um, ethnic minorities, perhaps to kind of, you know, get that money from them. I think that would be, you know, great if more of them were doing that kind of thing. You know, everyone says you, you start to get more, you know, diverse viewpoints, you start to build more diverse businesses, yeah. and that's better for everybody. Yeah. So I think that's probably some of the key things and also realize that not everyone comes to the table with a track record, but they do have great ideas and you need to trust them to be able to execute on those. Thank you. Georgie, just from a sort of a branding perspective, when it comes to raising finance, do you believe, you know, do women need to do more? You know, how can they bring their true selves uh, to the conversation? Do they need to change the way that they're investing um, looking to raise investment yeah I mean I think um, you know it's definitely true to say that kind of in the in the fintech world there is definitely a kind of over indexing to the founder narrative I think if you were okay. in the establishment um, this there's not quite such an emphasis on on kind of the personality behind behind the CEO um, you know and, and I think there's a um, yeah, it's, it, it is, is absolutely, it's really important. What I would say is, is that, you know, it's really about kind of male or female. It's about being authentic, incredible, and finding your personal story as to why you are doing what you're doing. So that kind of human story, I think, is is really important alongside the numbers. And I think when it comes to female, female-led businesses, this is, you know, stereotypically um, what, you know, that bringing, bringing something like that to the table to say, look, actually, you know what, I could, I could have just carried on, you know, down the same track in, in financial services in a, you know, sort of in a, in a nine to five, but actually I'm doing this um, because of something that has happened um, in either my life or something I feel, you know, passionate that needs to be solved Um, and, and bringing that to the table and being authentic and credible in the way that you articulate that is 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 extremely important. Of course, you have to back it up with a good product. But we we work with clients a, a lot on this. Is you know the importance of kind of being quietly confident is a very powerful mm. thing. And I would say women are very very good at that. And I think to Laurel's point around kind of creating the diversity of thought across the whole ecosystem. So including in the in the in in the investment industry is that you need the people that that take those kind of narratives seriously and listen to them beyond beyond the graphs so yeah i would say it's 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 an extremely part uh, important part of it is finding your story and 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 sticking to it and believing in it wholeheartedly and that's how you'll create a good culture in your in your fintech but also obviously get people to buy buy into your product as well 
Okay. Laura, do you have anything to add just in terms of, because, I mean, do you th believe that, so Georgia, you talked about stereotypes. Yeah. Do you still believe that women are still described in the workplace as aggressive or emotional? Do you, you know, what's your experience? Um, I think women can sort of be put into a, a certain box with those sorts of descriptions. I always sort of challenge it. Like what's wrong with being emotional? It means you care. Yeah. What's wrong with being aggressive? I mean, yeah, I see lots of other people being aggressive. Yeah. I think it is important to remember, you know, you don't have to be something that you're not. And I, I think that is something that I think a lot of women struggle with. Like I have to put on a role. I have to, yeah. you know, be another character when I come to work. So, you know, I don't, I, you know, if you if you have emotions, that's cool. I have definitely cried at work for sure because I care yeah. deeply about some things. So is that wrong? That's the thing we have to shift away from. I think that it, it is not not right to think that that is something that is a, a bad thing. So yeah, that's and the other the other thing is you know be be your authentic self as we were just talking about. You know, it's mm. that's fine. You are good enough. And that is okay. Who you are is okay. You have lots of valuable things to contribute, but don't think you have to change yourself yeah. to meet somebody others, somebody else's expectations. Yeah. Do you think that's changed now? Do you think the narrative has also changed? I was going to say post-pandemic. We're I still think, slightly in it, but do you yeah. think? I think people have become, I think people have become more accepting of a, to, to some extent, I'm not saying it's perfect, but more accepting of these different kinds of personalities we've, we've had to, and we've seen other parts of people's lives that we haven't ever seen before. And I think that's really opened people's eyes to like, you know, di differences and being more accepting of it. A lot of companies, of course, are also saying, you know, we, we are all valuable. We all have different, you know, viewpoints and perspectives. And that is super important. I think companies are placing more value on that diversity. So I think those are all very positive things. Georgie, from, from your point of view, so, sorry, just to build up on Laurel's um, point there um, about companies, you know, looking at diversity, um, you can bring your authentic self to work. Do you believe that there's enough now support for women? Say, say women, you know, whether they're going through the menopause or they've just had a child or, you know, they're going through other, other things that mm. are specific to women. Do you believe that companies are doing enough in the, in the fintech space? Oh, I mean, it's a big question, right? Um, you know, I think I think really, you know, fintech was set up to to challenge the status quo, and um, largely, you know, a big part of that is again, you know, improving all parts of the proposition. So whether that's obviously what you're offering to customers, but also the type of culture that that you build within a company um, to service that um, it, you know has has to has to have been different from the sort of established financial services and if i look at my career you know i've worked in i've worked in the big banks i've you know i've done i've done the in-house roles at, at the disruptors and I'm, I'm now seeing a broad range of kind of across the board and i think it's it's a really tricky question because how do you how do you cater to every single person's needs at all times when you're trying to remain commercial and you know it is the reality of it is you, you you're building a business and and you know there's a there's an end goal there so 
but I do think it comes back to rewarding people who um, I think it comes down to the, a lot of it is sort of about sort of presenteeism. So, you know, rewarding people who, who want to play a big part in that. And I think there are plenty of, there are plenty of um, really amazing initiatives that are happening at the moment, which didn't happen when I first started 15 years ago. And, and, you know, I, I had a baby 15 months ago and I can, speak wholeheartedly on on this subject and kind of how you know how I feel sort of you know supported in my um trying to be a, a you know a working mum while you know have, having a small baby um in childcare. and I think there's yeah. I am um impressed with some of the things that have come out of um whether it's probably the only good thing that has come out of covid is is confronting these conversations um i think has been a really positive step is there more that we could do yes i think there's still an element of rewarding presenteeism over just general effort um i think but i think we've come i think we've come a long way and i think the fact that we're even having these kind of discussions is is a really really positive thing but i think it's not just women I think it's all sorts of different um set you know areas of diversity that um need to improve but I do I do think we are on we are on the right track for sure and I can speak that you know as as if you know a senior woman in the industry trying to do it all there are there will never be a perfect solution I do I, you know it's it, it's it's the reality of it but I think we're getting there in terms of trying to fix some of the things that are very um, you know, that, that that should have been fixed a long time ago. And I think the fintech industry has an amazing opportunity to do that because, as I say, by the nature of their, the nature of the, the you know, the inception of fintech is, is to challenge the status quo. Um, so I think, you know, whatever they feel is, you know, the moves to four day weeks and, you know, uh, you know sabbaticals after six months and things like that are, are, are really positive steps. And, you know, they, they may be experiments, but at least they're actually, at least they're experimenting. So I think, you know, from my side, it's not all doom and gloom. And I think we should um, try and remain positive about it rather than kind of constantly saying how hard it is for women, because I just don't think that's a very good message. Um, yeah personally I think it means that it disheartens people before they've even got to the to, to the point that that it becomes an issue for them um you know I think it's more about kind of you know pushing the boundaries while um while not you know making it all constantly negative um because I do think for the first time we have we have more of a seat at the table than we did um we did a while back so yeah I think definitely improvements but but you know still places that we could we could continue to to change things and, and improve things thank you I love that I love that I lo it, it's really refreshing actually to to hear um as well Laura from your point of view with with Mambu and you were at, at Klarna before um do you see you know some of the changes that uh, Georgie sort of suggested that you're implementing yeah, de within definitely. Yeah, we do a four-day uh, work week in the summer, so that that's definitely positive. We, you know, we're carving out time for people to have personal lives. I think that mm -hmm. is everyone to have personal lives. I think that's an important, not not just companies I've worked with, but in the industry as a whole. I think there's, as as Georgie said, really positive steps that we've been taking. Everyone's been taking. Companies realize, you know, people have other lives. It's not just all about work. 
Yeah. So, you know, they want to make time for that. And you can see, you know, lots of companies are still productive, even with these more personal initiatives. So I think that that's great. And also I think, you know, kind of goes, goes back to talent. Everybody wants amazing talent. You're going to have to offer some of these things to attract talent because, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough playing field to get people right now. So making sure that you understand that they have lives and that they have other things they want to do and other interests is important. That's part of being, you know, your full person at work. So yeah, yeah, positive steps. I see lots of people doing really good stuff. It's a lot better than it was for sure. Fantastic. How do you go about, so for those companies um, that are just starting out on their, their journey and they're looking to put together certain sort of packages, you know, for their, their workforce, how do you go about sort of starting that? Do you, do you start with the employees? Do you see what's happening in the industry? Do you have a, any sort of views in terms of giving any advice for those companies that are start? Or does it naturally evolve? I think, you know, people have to look around and see what else is being offered in the market for sure. Like, you know, I'm, you don't have to do what Google does. If you're just starting out, you have to kind of yeah. keep it measured for what you, you can, you know, effectively manage. I do think some of it naturally involves the employees themselves will tell you things that they value and what they want. And that, that can grow from there. So uh, I think there's huge, obviously huge value in listening to what your employees want from you and how you can evolve your offering to fit that and seem attractive to other potential talent. I want to move on to reward and recognition. It's something that you you touched on, Georgie. What extent does this, in terms of, do you believe men and women approach performance and compensation differently, uh, which may be contributing to that disparity? And to what extent does this prevent the progression of women in fintech? Is that is that to me? I mean. You know, I'm I'm not going to profess to be an expert on on sort of remuneration by any means. Um, but I think I think from my perspective, it, it's quite simple. It really just comes down to, reward, you know, <laughs> rewarding effort and achievement over presenteeism. You know, I think I'm coming at this obviously from from you know sort of see, you know sort of senior perspective. When when you start adding children into the equation, you know, you 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 it's just as simple as um <laughs> not looking at it as days per week it, it's by out you know it's by output as laurel says i mean i think that's yeah that's i i you know creating those packages these days are are absolutely essential i mean i would you know whatever whatever job i went into i wouldn't i would be you know surprised if somebody said to me well it's either you know it's either it's either five days or or, or nothing you know and th- this is the salary that equates to that I think days don't really mean anything anymore and, and COVID again is kind of um, you know I can see that you can have you know the most inefficient useless person working five days and you can have the most brilliant efficient working mom who's who's having a you know 16 hour day if you add if you add parenting duties around the side who who brings everything to those eight or ten hours you know she works um and creates more more output you know than than an inefficient person would do in a month and I see that all the time it's something I've really really seen and I think 
recognizing that from from companies perspective and as i say i think this is when it, when it comes down these are some of the things that probably do do need to to improve um is you know, it's tricky because by definition you're probably going to you create those remuneration packages that might um you know look on the surface as if as if it's sort of unfair to, to somebody else but ultimately this is where it just comes down to you know to, to laurel's point you know if you if you want the best talent this is the kind of thing that it's no longer okay to say the, these are your contracted hours 37.5 hours a week or whatever doesn't mean anything if you don't produce anything you could have contracted hours of 20 hours a week and be absolutely phenomenal at your job um mm. does that mean that you should be paid less i would you know i would argue no <laughs> you shouldn't be paid less um and and this is the big challenge it's really complicated because obviously you know that by nature this is why you lose so many senior senior women uh, you know just as uh, just at the cu- the cusp but uh, cusp of um you know going on to to be female founders or going on to be you know senior execs is that they, they they have no choice but to drop out of the workforce because their remuneration gets you know gets gets cut at a point yeah. where they need to be recognized for their you know for their efforts and and but but you know there comes a point where it's a very fine juggling act um you know if you if you factor in um you know all the expenses that come with having children etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah i think you know it's a long-winded way of saying i think i think this is an area that does that does still have work to do but it's probably a very complicated area and one that i'm you know i will not profess to um to be to being an expert at but but you know sort of i think i anecdotally as as somebody in in my mid-30s you know sort of battling with with some of these things with with lots of my you know my peers and, and my colleagues i'd say it's an area that that probably still needs to be ironed out a little bit um and then perhaps we wouldn't lose quite so many people um you know at, at at a sort of pivotal point of um of you know really changing really changing those those numbers and um, those senior exec female numbers um yeah i think as, as women yeah. we need to be uh we we could be more assertive with asking for, for things um absolutely guys don't really seem to have a problem with like hey i'm not paid enough you can you uh consider (laughs) paying me some more i think we we this is a very hard discussion obviously i'm I'm, i've had to do it myself but um you know that sort of verbalization of your worth in those types of discussions i think are things that we have to maybe force ourselves to have because they're what's the worst could happen they say no yeah. Okay. Well, then you know where you stand, I guess. But it is very difficult to do. I totally understand that. I and I think we as women need to do a better job of of saying that. You know, I'm worth this. Yeah. I, I deserve this. The other thing I always tell everybody when you're looking for an, a new job, recruiters are always asking you what what you're paid. You do yeah. not have to tell them yeah. that number. You can tell them what you're worth. That's what they deserve to know. Your market value. Your current salary does not define what you can be and what you can earn. Um, so it drives me wild when the recruiters are always asking these questions. I'm like, what? You no nobody. There's no law that says you have to tell them anything that you don't want to tell them. So yeah. you tell them your worth. That is what the discussion is. Exactly. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, I think that's a really really good point. It's we we still have a way to go in in. Um, 
you know, stopping apologizing. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I completely see that, um, you know, as a, it's, I'm not quite sure where that, that comes in. Um, I'm not sure at what point that is. Um, and maybe it is just inherent. I'm not sure if it's just the way that we're taught that, you know, going back to those kind of stereotypes, we're taught those from such a young age that, um, you know, I think that, that that is a really valid point is, is kind of projecting confidence in your ability. Um, is, just is, know, it's just knowing your value and being able to articulate your value. It's, it's that simple. It is hard to do, but we, we all have to get better at it, I think, to get the outcome that we would like. Yeah. And how do you know your worth? Well, ask, ask around. I know these are hard discussions, but you know, what's, yeah. what, what, what's your, your friend paid at a different company? You know, I, these are tough conversations. I get it. A lot of people don't want to talk about money. I, I don't like it myself, but I, I think it is important for people to do then you can sort of start to set some of your own benchmarks. Um, but yeah, have, have a conversation with some, some of your friends, see what, see what they're on. Mm-hmm. So, and also you can look around, you know, some, of course, Google searching, there's lots of salary benchmarks put, put up, put out online and that kind of thing. So yeah, have hard conversations. That's it. Start, try, try. start to ha- start to have some, I think would be an important thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you think companies now should do and um, publish their salaries and that that sense of salary benchmarking? What's your view views on that? I think that is a tough one. I know there's been a lot of stuff r- recently where people like publish the salary in the job description or in the role when you're advertising it, and and that's tr- that's true. But it shouldn't necessarily have to be a concern for you if you know what you're worth right? You're mm. going to set the salary. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. They could publish it. And then we, people, people are saying, of course, you're wasting my time. If the job isn't going to pay what I, I need it to, then I'm not going to apply. It's, it's a waste of everybody's time. I get it. I get it. But if you, if they don't publish it and you go in and say, look, this is what I'm worth and this is what I want, then the problem, you know, has been solved by you, which is a good thing. Yeah. Do you have any negotiation tips? Oh gosh. <laughs> No, <laughs> I think come, come to the table with some the evidence, you know, of like, here's the stuff I've accomplished. Here are the things that I have uh, delivered for the company, you know, bring it back to, you know, some cold, hard facts and how those have benefited the success of the company. And then you can go, if you are negotiating, you know, with, with your current employer, then I think that that's saying, you know, put together sort of a pitch deck for yourself. And then you can have, you know, something that is tangible to give them. Uh, if it's, a, it's a, if it's a brand, a brand new job, I mean, again, you could ask for more. What's the worst that could happen, right? They say no. Yeah. And that's why I think you have to remember the worst possible outcome is they say no. Okay. Then you, you, ha- you haven't lost anything. You've tried and it maybe didn't go as well as it should, but you know, that's the worst that could happen. They say no. So, uh, so uh, it's great advice when you you go and join a company, but when it comes to your sort of, um, you know, your uh, performance and going forward, um, do you think that's a challenge for for women that are in the organization or anyone really when they're in the organization and 
they're doing a great job and they've been promoted and and so forth do you feel women are you know setting the bar for for themselves for that internal sort of promotion as well is it I mean I guess it comes down to I, I, I'm not sure if this is answering your question or not but I think it comes down to setting kind of very clear deliverables again it comes back yeah. to kind of you know not 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 rewarding you know presenteeism but but rewarding achievement and and to Laurel's point is coming to the table saying this is what I can do for you and you know and and I will you know and I will do it for you um you know you put your trust in me I will deliver for you um and in return I'll get paid for it I think it's kind of as, as simple as that but being very clear from the outset and being being confident in your ability, or at least projecting confidence in your yeah. ability, and, and and you know <laughs> work it out afterwards. But I think this is a really really important point: is 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 you know is bringing is coming to the table saying this is what I will deliver for you, um, is is one is one way of being able to to accurately measure um, you know success. And for companies, of course, you know for for, for the bosses and. Um, you know, it, it's in everybody's interest to be very clear as to what, um, you know, what those deliverables are. Um, otherwise, these kind of discussions are really hard to, to have. And those kind of remuneration discussions are very hard to have if you if you aren't, you know, if you kind of weren't clear from the outset as to as to what you can bring to the what you can bring to the table. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's that's how I would approach that is is really think through um, what you can offer um and then and then be measured against it and, and and chances are you would have you would have succeeded um and then those kind of remuneration discussions are, are a lot more a lot more simple um to have really well thank you georgie that comes towards the end i could have carried on talking for for at least another hour or so um if there's one piece of advice that you'd like to give women in fintech what what piece of advice would that be I can I can go first on that. I think from my perspective, if I if I look at my career, I think I wish I hadn't listened so much to the stereotypes. Um, I think that stereotype that we talked about, the kind of you know women at the top are X, is something that creeps in very very early on, um, and so you spend a lot of time sort of getting a bit bogged down in, in, in how difficult it's going to be reaching the top and all the boundaries, you know, the barriers you're going to face and all the challenges and all the, all the, the, the horrible men you're going to be working with and how, you know, and I think reframing it as an opportunity and, and is, is really helpful for our confidence. Um, you know, I'm talking you know, purely from myself, my, my, you know, my own personal experience is that I probably, I was so preconditioned to think that everything was going to be a challenge. And actually, you know, when you sort of step back and you look at it, you think, actually, if I approach this in a positive way, I've worked with some amazing men who've been my biggest advocates and my biggest mentors. Um, a hunt, a, a, yeah, so many. Um, and I think they've, they have, you know, I, I've come across mo more supporters than I have um, uh, you know, critics. And I do think that is, is actually, especially in the fintech world, I, you know, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't speak for, 
some other industries but i do think there there is a, a real opportunity here for actually kind of reframing it and and making it positive because actually i do think everybody is working towards the same goal um and actually these these sort of men versus women discussions can be very counterproductive for women um in my in my opinion so i would say to anybody kind of starting out their career in in fintech or or to the senior people as well is kind of just kind of all work all work together to the towards the common goal here because um you know actually you know the the vast majority of of, of these on things are are there are issues but everybody wants to solve them um so yeah i think that would be my advice is is try and reframe it and see it as, a, as an opportunity rather than rather than a barrier thank you and laurel yeah my my advice uh is about being brave. So be brave. Say that thing at the meeting that you're not sure you should say, you know, put it out there. I'm a marketeer, so be brave in your work, you know, push your work as far as you can from a creative standpoint. Um, you know, advocate for yourself. Be brave. Take some chances. The outputs, the outcomes are not likely to be as bad as you might think in your head. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you so much to you both. I feel very inspired. Um, thank you. And um, I look forward to, to the uh, next discussion we're, we're going to be having uh, for our series as well. So thank you to you both. Thank you very much. Thank you.